perfect time for my dogs to start barking. Celeste, be quiet. Nobody, nobody's coming. Anyway, hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of Truth, Justice, and the Podcast. As always, we have our dog who likes to interrupt every episode. Hush. But we have a very special guest today. Uh, somebody I know, uh, I've gotten to know pretty well. Uh, after moving to California and going to film school, somebody I got to work with on a film, uh, somebody who I find pretty hilarious, not gonna lie, and also a man I find very fascinating. We have Ronnie Gomez, a very recent film school graduate, right, from Vanguard University? Yes, sir, yes, sir. Yes, and, uh... We're going to have him on here to talk about filmmaking, film school, life, all the normal things that we usually talk about on this podcast. Well, I guess I can't say usual things because I've only had a couple filmmakers on. Um, I've had people from like very many different backgrounds on uh, interviewed here. So, Ronnie, why don't you tell the audience more about you, who you are, what you do. Ronnie Gomez. I am 21 years old, a recent college graduate from Vanguard University in Southern California um, with a major in communications and a focus in uh, cinema arts. Um, what else can I say about myself? Uh, <laughs> I very much do enjoy filmmaking a lot. It is a really fun passion of mine. Um, and, and like the thing about being on set for me, like the way it feels, is almost like a really great runner's high. Like that peak runner's high you get, to where it's like all that adrenaline you have. Or, uh, I don't know, for me, when it comes to like watching sports, hmm. I really love watching uh, fighting. So, like MMA or stuff like that. Yes, the real sports. Yeah, the fun <laughs> stuff, the real fun stuff. <laughs> Um, I would say boxing, but boxing gets rigged a lot, so I can't, I can't, I like, I like it, but at the same time, it's like, ah, is this really, like, how it's supposed to go, or is this like, is this like wrestling, like wrestling? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, MMA is the, the better, MMA, UFC, those are the better ways to go. Yeah, um, I really like watching those stuff, I like watching, uh. They're not, like, underground, but, like, they're lesser known. Like, the other martial arts, like, watching judo matches, taekwondo Mm. matches. uh, Muay Thai matches are insane. Really? Because, oh, yeah, dude, like, (laughs) the the Muay Thai as a fighting style is, like, a whole body as your weapon. Like, a a lot of Muay Thai fighters, from what I've seen, are a lot of knees and elbows, and that's devastating a lot of times. Hmm. Just, just to see it, because like I've seen people get knocked out like really bad, like with a good like right crosses, uppercuts, and stuff like that. But like the nastiest knockouts I've seen are ones from elbows and knees. Hmm. You're abs- you're terrified for the person getting that elbow or knee because it. A lot of them, they just get snapped back and. You see the light go out of their eyes, and they're just on the ground. 
The only, I think, Muay Thai fighter that I know of is, she's a former Muay Thai fighter, which is Miriam Nakamoto. Uh, and I only know of her because she was on the Joe Rogan experience, which is where I know everybody from. <laughs> it's, the only, it's the only reason I know anything. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I think, oh, was it? The Raid. It, it, it's, uh, oh, I, it's, I love The Raid. That, that movie, I think it's like uh, a lot of Muay Thai is used in that movie. Okay. There's another one where it's uh, uh, a lot of uh, martial arts. I used to watch that stuff growing up because my, my uncle, he, he would always go to the swap meets and get like fat stacks of these just <laughs> terrible kung fu movies. Uh. Like, they're not, like, some of them are cool and everything, but it's, like, a lot of them are so bad that they're funny and good because of it. Wow. And everything. Like, it takes itself seriously, but not too serious to where it's, like, really bad acting and really <laughs> bad effects. It's, like, they kind of know what they're doing. Their 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 lips and their and their words don't match up properly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but that's that's the way it is with with dub stuff. Yeah, a lot of times is like it, you'll be watching the lips and everything, but it, obviously nothing matches up because they're speaking either Chinese, Cantonese, uh, Mandarin, Japanese, Korean, or any any of these words or these languages. Yeah, and then it's all translated into English. Yeah, that happens with uh, spaghetti westerns sometimes too, Be, especially in like, like in Sergio Leone movies. Like he would have all the actors just speak whatever their native language was. So you would have Clint Eastwood and then like Italian actors like speaking back and forth in the movie, like in English and then in Italian, and then they have to dub everything, uh, everything all over in English. And you're like, what? Is, what exactly is happening? <laughs> and you're like. Yeah, you're watching the words. Although they're they they're pretty good at dubbing, but you can also like tell like you can tell when dialogue is not captured on set <laughs> when you're watching those movies. Like you can feel yeah. it. You're like this is like way louder and removed <laughs> than it should be. Mm-hmm. You're like this. And, uh, and I, I've I've not personally. I haven't done this because I haven't really done the sound editing portion mm-hmm. of film yet but a lot of times when we do put inserts in stuff you can tell very easily and once you start getting the eye for it you'll see it in a lot more of the professional stuff like you'll notice like hey uh Keanu Reeves didn't really say that right there didn't he yeah he, 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 that was that was him getting called back like five to eight weeks later being like, hey, uh, we need you to record a line because it sounds weird on our end. Yeah. He'll come in and be like, no. And that's the line. That's it. It <laughs> sounds so much different. Like, it's a lot crisper than when you capture it on set. It's a lot more... It is different. You can tell how different it is. One of my favorite... And, oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 you're fine. Um, and I think that's uh, that's one reason I really appreciated film school is because before that, I didn't really know. Yeah, the demystification of film. 
Yep. Yeah. One of, one of my favorite sort of instances of stuff like that. I don't know if you've ever seen... Have you seen any of the Taken movies? Um, I, I see bits and pieces well, of each of them. So Taken 3 was very clearly meant to be a rated R movie. <laughs> but it was PG-13 when it came out in theaters. And they dub over every time Liam Neeson says the F word or somebody in the movie says the F word. And you're just like, his lips did not just say what word you just had him said. Oh, it's like the, uh, when mo- movies on FX are like that. Yeah. Like they show rated R movies, and everything is just like dubbed over with uh, like the clean version. Yeah. And, it's it's, it's like comedies. it's like someone else's voice too, and you're like, what? <laughs> oh, jeez, <laughs> oh, yeah. So they, they always try to get good impersonators, but yeah, you can always tell. Um, so we, you were producer on a short film, uh, The Nocturnal, that we both worked on. I was key grip on, and you're a producer. Um, that was a very interesting uh experience for me because i'd never been on any sort of real film set before in my life and or at least not one with that much like equipment and like moving parts and stuff like that um if i'm remembering correctly you said that at first what did you want to do at first was direct not i'm not talking for that short but i mean like in film school in general and then when you became when you started doing producing you sort of fell in love with that more? Yeah, so when I initially started applying to film schools and, and all that stuff, I wanted to be a writer-director. Okay, yeah. And, everything. and this was before writer-directors became really popular because uh, the way I've seen it is a lot of times in A24, especially with that studio, a lot of times the, the writer will also be the director. Yeah. And you get these, like, crazy, insane, like, beautiful results from it. Yeah. Because, and, and like, that's, that was my mentality going into it as well, is that when, if you're the writer, you know the entire story back to front. You know what the character means in each of the, each of the actions they do. So who better to direct than the writer and everything but it's also good to get somebody else's interpretation and see how they see it and everything because sometimes they'll make something even better out of what you've written but yeah so initially I wanted to be a writer director but I had a not a great experience my first uh like for like real directing gig because um uh sadly sadly um my producer slash uh assistant director her her mother had passed or had passed away oh no uh, on our on our first shoot day like mid midway through and her boyfriend at the time was my dp Hmm. who did the entire shot list. I gave him, because I know how talented he is in in camera work, I entrusted everything to him, and I told him, you do what you need to, 
because I know you can do it right. And unfortunately, we, we lost two very, 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 very important people in my above the line crew. Yeah. Um, my production designer didn't really show up. Jeez. <laughs> what? Yeah. I, I, I don't know why. Um, you don't I, even know why? I, I don't even know why. I, <laughs> I, I asked and he had just told me, listen, I work a lot. And I was like, okay, but Please this is also partly your responsibility. Yo. And if I knew you were going to ditch me like that, I would have just said, you can be crew instead of somebody I kind of really need. Dang, son. Yeah, so I kind of got, um, that, that's why I personally don't like my first uh, short film. Um, I, I really, really, really want to redo it. What was it? What was it about? Um, Let us know. It's actually on YouTube. Oh, really? It's actually on YouTube. Okay, I have Chrome open right now. What's it called? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) It's called Shadows. Um, It's under Clockwork Productions. And uh, I love that name, Clockwork Productions, personally. Is it a Kubrick reference? Nope. No, it is not. It's yeah, I know. I see. I saw the thing, and I immediately was like, "Okay, guess not." Oh, whoops! Am I on the yeah, right no, freaking thing? A, uh, uh, it's a. The reason I named it that is because it's my philosophy on filmmaking itself. Um, I, I personally, when I first started film school, I went in <laughs> with the thought that, or not the thought. I went in thinking not thinking, but with the mission to do every job on set because I need to know how each job works as the individual cog Mm -hmm. and then how it all comes together and how it all needs to flow like clockwork because clocks are very, have to be very precise or else you think it's one o'clock in the afternoon when in reality it's 3 p.m. Hmm. So you, you need to have good timing on everything. That makes sense. You need to make sure production design is ready so that way actors can immerse themselves in their role, in what they're doing. Because, I mean, if you're shooting a zombie apocalypse and you're in the middle of downtown L.A. or for you, probably downtown Boston with everybody there, yeah, you're not gonna really get that vibe of like, this is a zombie apocalypse, like, I need to survive. You're like, okay, here's some wacko walking down the street, dressed weirdly, looking paranoid at everybody. Like, yeah, it, it's not gonna work that way. And, and obviously that's an extreme example, but production design is to help immerse the actor in the world of their character. Yeah. The writing has to be good so that way the actors can act. Because, I mean, you can act on your live long day, but if the writing's bad, you're not going to have a good movie. Yeah, you're going to, yeah, that's going to be very, very distracting to the viewer. Yeah. So, okay. So that makes sense. I've just subscribed to you from YouTube on YouTube. Oh, Jesus. So, <laughs> I will watch all three of these videos at some point. I wish oh, I w- there's three? 
real? Yeah, there's cooking documentary, Shadow Final Cut, and Who Am I? Who am I? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I forgot I recorded that. That was a month ago. So you did that during coronavirus. Yeah, that was actually for uh, a job that I'm applying for with, um, Bluetooth? With, with a YouTube company. Oh, tell more. Tell more, tell um, all. I, I mean, there's not much to tell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I applied to this uh, YouTube channel studio and trying to get a position with them, and one of their requirements was uh, tell us about yourself and provide a link of why we should hire you. Or not why we should hire you, like just who you are, so we can put a, a name to the face and a face to the name. Hmm. Everything. That makes so like sense. In, yeah, it was it was it was interesting, and no job has ever asked me like, okay, so uh, tell me about yourself. Hmm. Do 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 you? What am I trying to ask? Can you tell us what channel company it is? Uh. Or have you signed an I mean, NDA? I, <laughs> I haven't signed any like NDAs or anything. It's Jubilee. Jubilee. Interesting. Jubilee. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm hoping to get this job because I, personally, I feel like I could do a lot with, with their content because I mentioned it to my sister because at first when I saw it, I was like, uh, I don't know about this. But then like my sister was like, oh my God, I watched so much of that. It's really cool. And then I started watching their videos and I was like, wow, this actually is really cool. Hmm. I'm down. I, I hope I... I hope I can get this, this gig. I hope so you can, kind of, I hope you can get it too, Ronnie. Ah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I really do appreciate that. So you want to, so here's something we can talk about, uh, that we both sort of like been a part of cause we both were working on the nocturnal, uh, your friend Harrison's short film for, uh, his senior project, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it like being producer on that movie? Also, when is that coming out? Because I'm waiting. <laughs> oh, um, well, because of Corona and the whole quarantine. Yeah. It's been pushed back a lot because he's, he's editing it himself. Yeah. So... He's just at home doing a lot of the ADR himself, whereas if we didn't have this whole quarantine situation, we would have, obviously, the ADR booth at the school. We would have all the, like, high-processing... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) ...computers to really work that red footage, because red footage, obviously, is, in its raw form, is massive files yeah um yeah so uh, uh, so when it's coming out I'm not completely sure I personally don't want to say anything as like oh it's definitely coming out here or here or here I just want to say because of the because of COVID-19 we're a little pushed back it's pushed back indefinitely at this point I, I don't know about indefinitely but for the time being we're pushed back okay so but producing. So you got to produce it. I get to watch you be a producer. 
Yeah, that was actually like my first time being like real producing. Mm-hmm. What? I mean, I've done like my own little stuff. Yeah. Where I'm like trying to produce stuff on my own or for classes and stuff. But like none, none of the real stuff, none of like the, the big kid stuff. The you big know? kid stuff. So what yeah, was it like doing I, big kid stuff? Oh man, it was it was exhilarating. Like I was telling you, that runner's high, it was like 10 times that because I was like, in my mind, everything was like, in the whole planning process, everything was slowed down. And I was like, okay, we could do this here, here, and this here, and this here, and then we can switch out this with this, and if we can't get this, we can contact this person and get this. And the thing about being a producer is you have to be very, very comfortable with one, cold calling people, two, just going up to people's offices a lot of times, mm. giving a couple knocks and being like, hey, um, I know you're busy right now, but I'm just checking up because we need to solidify it ourselves so that way we can move forward. Yeah. Don't mean that, like, and the thing is, is you got to really, like, be polite with everybody if they get a little upset with you, you have to, like, really be almost, like, submissive with them, where you're just like, oh, my goodness, I am so sorry, I didn't mean to bother you, and I had experiences like that, too, in this project. Oh, really? Where, yeah, because we were trying to get the locations locked down for uh, Vanguard Center, the apartment complex we shot at. Yes. And... We didn't get that till the day before shooting. Really? We didn't get final confirmation till the day before shooting. Damn. Either the day before or like two days before. So like we were really cutting it very, very close. And that was because the school was getting ready the whole opening of the new student center. They had the BU 100 celebration where the school celebrated their centennial. So there was a lot of stuff that the events um, people, which are amazing people, they did an amazing job with that. And yet they were still also able to make sure to lock everything down, give us all the permission, give us all the paperwork and approvals that we needed. And it was all, uh, make all the contacts just so that way we can be like, okay, we're solid, we're ready. We're, we're ready to go. Nice. And it, it, it was really fun because it was like, it, it, was, it was scary because if we didn't get it, we would either have to, one, shoot there anyway without their permission and hope the consequences aren't super bad. or we have to find a new place and quick yeah which was the real like anxiety of it all because we we were Harrison and I were like we don't know where to shoot like this could this could be really bad like we could we could not shoot on our first big important day you guys lucked out <clears throat> but we, we thankfully the it wasn't really luck it was just that the events coordinators were like okay hey we, we get it you've been emailing us you've been coming up to our office 
because I was I was really bugging them. I kind of feel bad for it, but I also kind of don't. Yeah, I don't feel bad. You're just doing your job. They should have done their job. No, I know, and like that, that's <laughs> the other thing too. You kind of have to like. It's good to remember that tactfulness of like, okay, these are people they're trying to do their job as well. I'm not special just because I'm going up to them and asking them for this stuff. Yeah. Especially because I'm not offering any money. I'm not offering like. I'm not offering anything back. I'm like, hey, hey, can you give us this real quick for, like, the weekend? <laughs> we'll be good. We promise. It's like, uh, yeah, sure, go for it. Yeah. All right, thanks. So that, that's something that personally I, in the way I like to work, is just being as polite as I can to everybody and treating everybody <laughs> really well. <laughs> and that was, that was uh, one of the big things I kept pushing for budget with Harrison. What? Is food. I kept on pushing the food budget. I was like, you got to have a bigger food budget than that. <laughs> you can't be feeding these people freaking pizza every day. Like, that's, that's rude. That's disrespect. He was like, well, I, I know, but it's like, it's cheaper that way. And it's like, listen, we have the budget for this extra stuff. We don't have to pay for this. We don't have to pay for that. We're fine on insurance. Put the money to the food. So I, I, I wasn't like a lot of arguing. It was just like we have to give a food budget. Like we got to feed these people right. So I have a question about um, how that's all set up. So so when you guys are doing your short films for like senior project and stuff like that, and you have to like have budgets, like where does that money come from? Um, a lot of it is crowdfunding. Okay. And it's all, all on the student. The school doesn't give us any of that money. Okay. They, they don't, the only thing they help us with is the equipment. Okay. And help with insurance. And that's it. But you guys basically they, are fully in charge of create, getting the money for you guys to be able to shoot. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, yeah, and, and this is also, like, the first time I, I didn't do the crowdfunding, but I watched kind of mm-hmm. Harrison do that, and, and it's all GoFundMe's. I know uh, the the project I'm working on right now. Uh, they're doing Indiegogo, and uh, it, it's just all it's all based off of the the generosity of the people. Yeah, everybody. That's Everybody like, hey, um, check out our this reel from this director. Really cool stuff, right? Give us money because we're gonna make something cooler now. Or anything. There was but budgeting is uh, it's difficult, but when you, I mean, I already budget myself. Mm-hmm. And everything because like. I, I, I ain't that rich or anything. Yeah. So, like, I'm constantly budgeting myself and how my expenses will go. I'm not writing it on paper, but I'm doing it all in my head. Okay. So putting it down on paper just made it a lot easier and everything. So, yeah. Doing it for, for the film was like, okay, we could do that here, that here, that here. This is fine. This is easy. This is, this is good. And everything. And obviously, when it comes to the smaller stuff, when like the budget is something that we're kind of like scraping together, it's normally 
you and the director, you the producer and the director slash writer, like sitting down together and being like, okay, we need to push budget from here to here, give this person ample budget because we need that in order to make these people look good, in order to make our other people look good, and all that, all that jazz, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. What is that sound? So, you snorkeling um, right now? No, I'm getting some water real quick. Oh, I thought it was a bong. <laughs> no, I, w- I would definitely give more respect to your podcast than <laughs> just blaze up in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> ripping a bong. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't the Joe Rogan experience. We're not going to be smoking doinks with. Uh, I was going to call him Nikola Tesla, but um, Elon Musk. Nikola Tesla! Oh my goodness! I'm, oh, I'm dead. I'm dead. Look at this dude. <laughs> oh my goodness so so that's interesting I didn't know that that's something to keep in mind make sure I make the cheapest movie possible for my senior project if I don't have a job um, honestly horror, horror movies are one of the best ways to go especially if you do psychological because Shadows was done on $300 that I provided myself oh Okay, well, I'll have to watch that movie then, and then look into it. Yeah, and then the cooking documentary that I made was, I think, I think the only budget I spent was on the food that I was cooking. Yeah. And that, that was like 40 bucks. Oh. If anything. So not bad at all. Not, 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 not in the least. Because I know if I did a bigger budget with Shadows... Mm-hmm. If I at least got the same funding that the Nocturnal had, a lot would have been different. What What did the Nocturnal have for budget? Budget uh, around I think a thousand dollars. Oh, that's like, not nothing, bad. Nothing big. Yeah, no, no, no. The the one that I'm working on now, um, uh, this one's with Mary. Actually, she's the producer. I'm their second AD. Oh, Mary's producer. I gotta get Mary on. Yeah. Yeah, Mary's a producer. Mary's been kicking butt and taking names. It seems like it. Dang. Yeah, she's uh, doing this film called Baby, I believe. I will double check. Yes, that's what it's called. But yeah, no, they have like 10.5K, I think. Wow. Right now in crowdfunding. And now, has it already been shot or what's going on with that? Uh, that one, we're looking to shoot it soon. Okay. But, I mean... Depends on when the money comes in? No, no, the, mom, the, 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 money's, the money's in. <laughs> I mean, oh. I think in our in our meeting... I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, so I'm going <laughs> to... But, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, the baby film, it's uh, really cool. I, I really love the story. Tell um, us about I don't, it. I'm not a... I'm not above the line, so I don't know if I can say anything. All I can say is go follow uh, the baby film on Instagram. Okay. Uh, movie directed by Cole Swanson. Maybe I should get Cole Swanson on this podcast. <laughs> hey, maybe. Maybe you could uh, talk to Mary and uh, get him to come in. Oh, is she and him friends? Is that how? How'd you find out about this? I found about it. Uh, found out about it because Mary had contacted me one night asking if I wanted a position as a second AD. 
Nice. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'm down. And so I'm a second AD now on oh, okay. <laughs> baby film. Very, very just. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the whole thing about, like, that, that's one of the things about um, going to film school. Yeah. It, it's just, it's a lot of networking. Mm, like, yeah. I know a lot of people that already know exactly how to do things, what to do. And they already know everything. Like, when I went in, I didn't know nothing. I was just some broke kid from Azusa who <laughs> was in the drama club at at the school, at my high school. And then we didn't have enough people to do uh, <laughs> a play. So our director was like, we'll do a film academy. Let's see how that goes. And I got, like, this Sony camcorder and shot a cute little... Um, uh, Little short, little music video story. Adorable. I loved it. Um, I will never remake that one because the actress that I used for the older couple in it had passed away as well. Hmm. So. In her honor, you won't remake it. Yeah, I won't ever remake it. For her and her husband, I won't ever remake it. Wow. Won't ever touch it again. Uh, I will leave it as is because you know what? Despite me absolutely hating the actor I chose, which, God, I wish I knew about auditions. I wish I auditioned people instead of just going up to my friend and be like, hey, uh, you're going to have to kiss a dude. Do you want to kiss anybody? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. And I was go, her and I going into the band room because she was a band kid. Like, hey, uh, who wants to be in a short film? everything <laughs> and just pretty much doing that like that was all your networking yeah but god I wish I chose somebody different because I absolutely hated hated this guy so much were they a diva drama <laughs> they were just I don't know they were uh, they, uh, they, <laughs> <laughs> they were just I don't know <laughs> no there's a lot I could say I just <laughs> that's that's prefer preferred to stay off the record just because I oh I just hate this guy. Where I, I, I would love I would love all the tea after this recording is over. <laughs> oh, you you betcha! I'll I'll give it to you. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. So you, know what? you don't know him. Nobody knows him. This dude was so creepy. <laughs> was the creepiest guy. <laughs> And I felt bad. I feel I felt I feel bad to this day for for, for hiring him, and I regret it. Like if 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 I could go back in time and change only one thing, I would change two things. But I'll get to the second one later. If I change one thing is I would get a different actor than him. Because oh god, I hated him. He was so creepy. He was so creepy. He was difficult to work with. He didn't take it seriously. I was just like, oh my god. Everything, yeah, creepiest dude. Creepy. Super creepy. (laughs) Scum, honestly. It's a drinking game for anybody listening to the podcast. Rewind two minutes back and take a shot every time Ronnie says creepy. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, no, this dude was... This this dude was just... mm. 
yeah, creepy. That, that's like the best way I can describe it. Mm. Like creepy dude. So, so moving onward. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I so so you're so in filmmaking in total. What you want to be as a producer, right? Uh, yes, as like a because there's an artistic portion of filmmaking, and then there's the business side, yeah, the technical side that ha- that go hand in hand, and they have to go hand in hand to to work properly. They have to work together smoothly and efficiently in order to create a good product. Mm. So as the technical side, I, I want to go into producing. In my heart, I'm still a writer. I still have a lot of ideas that I want to write and everything. Will any of them get made? Eh, maybe not. Am I okay with that? Yeah, sure. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm a failure. I didn't get any of my any of my stuff written. Anything, but like. I, I like these stories. I, I write this stuff for fun. It's not because I'm trying to like, like, yeah, cool. If I like hit it big and make something great or like even get it on TV, like I'm, I'm chill with that. I just like writing. Writing is fun. Hmm. But I also really love filmmaking. So producing is where I'm going to go to like hopefully get a paycheck. Yeah. See, I'm the I'm I I like I'm a writer director person, right? Like I love writing things and then making it myself because it's like what you said like I can like I'm have that whole singular vision all the way through, right? In terms of yeah. how it in terms of what the story is and like I know the story better than anybody. And I also really love both of those things. Like I've always been somebody who wanted to tell stories. So I've wanted to, like, create the stories, and I've also been the person who wanted to, like, show that, like, once I really got into filmmaking. Because I didn't get into that until, like, I was in high school. I didn't really, like... Yeah, same with me. I didn't really, like, know what I wanted to do for a very long time. And then, uh... And then I started get I got really, really into movies. And then I was like, man... And all the people I fell in love with, like, very early on, the first people I fell in love with were, uh... Christopher Nolan, Quentin Tarantino, um, Zack Snyder, right? Very eclectic group of directors. I just named all like very completely different types of people. And Stanley Kubrick. Like all with their own like you like very unique style that. Yeah. Is. Yeah. People like Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick was a very early influence on me. Um, Cause I had seen like Full Metal Jacket, like, I don't know, like the summer before my junior year of high school, I think maybe. Maybe even a little bit before. And um, so I just fell in love with all those people, and I was like, I want to do that. Like, I want to do what they do. And uh, and then that's what I did. And I was able to, I don't know, when I was in high school, I got to do like a, like a we did an office parody um, for my acting class. That was very fun. It was like 33 minutes long, though. Like, it was pretty long for like a short film. And it was shot in three days. What? Yeah, it was 33 minutes long and we shot it in three days over the course of a class period that was only an hour and a half. Oh my god, you had three hours to shoot 30 minutes. No, we had... No, no, we had four and a half hours to shoot 30 minutes. I mean, either way, that's... that's yeah, that's it, brutal. it was... 
we worked fast and there was a bunch of us who I don't know how that was able to get organized like that well because it was like it was crazy was that I was like I was absent the day that they planned it because I didn't even know it was happening and then I came in the next acting class and they were like so we have an idea we're gonna make an office movie (laughs) and I was like I guess this is what we're doing now. And then, like, we did planning and shooting, like, on that same day. And it's it's one of my proudest moments, I will say. It's not a good movie. But I find it kind of funny and humorous sometimes because we were, we were kind of a silly group of kids and teacher. So we were able to, like, make something I, I, I enjoyed making. And then in that same year... I made a 25-minute short film for my forensic science class um, that I was taking. Who are you going to? Uh, this is my... Uh, I went to a small private Christian school in Massachusetts. Like, God, I, I remember biology, uh, earth science. Maybe that's just because I was a dumb kid. Earth science. <laughs> I guess I had earth science. I had, so that year, so forensic science was my only science class, I think, that year. The year before, I had both anatomy and physiology and environmental science because I really wanted to be in environmental science. Or I don't know why the heck I was in environmental science. I think it might have just been that, like, I was done with, I, did, I was skipping math for that year. I was like, please, God, don't put me in math. I'm not good at math. And they were like, no, we got you. Well, next year, we're going to have business math. So how about this? We'll do not do math this year. Next year, you'll do business math. This year, you'll just do two sciences. And I was like, I'm down with that. And they let me. So, but anyway, but my senior year, I had a forensic science class as my only science class. And I told the teacher, uh, who obviously I'd had like for the last three years, and I was like, hey, man, uh, you know, be cool is if uh, we did a, a movie for this class. <laughs> And he was like, write it. And I was, I didn't expect like it to be that, like him to be so ready, willing to accept my proposition. I thought he was going to say no. And he was like, write it and then bring me a script. So then I wrote a nine page script and then I wrote like a 27 page script. And then I gave him the 27 page script and he was like, cool, let's do it. And we made it. And I was allowed to skip class for like seven straight weeks just to, <laughs> to film it. And I was like, yep, literally. I was up, I had to keep up with the grades. I had to do the grades, but I could be like, okay, Mr. O, uh, I think it'd be good if we just like shot right now. And he'd be like, okay, yeah, just go take who you need. And then he would continue teaching class and I would go shoot. And uh, wow. yeah, and he was like, it'll be extra credit too, the movie. And I was like, facts. <laughs> and I made like a 25 minute movie it's terrible it's so bad but like we made it and it was and it was just fun it was just fun to do and it was nice just to be able to like I don't know that was the first time those two movies that I made that senior year were the first time I had really come together used actors and had other people watching over me and stuff like that and was like really into the editing and was able to like actually get two things that I wanted made, like, for better or worse, the way I wanted them to be made uh, that year. So that was so that was a really fun experience. Um, 
And I think it's because of that is why I'm still like I've been so solidified in what I want to do in terms of being a writer director, not necessarily doing anything else. Like, I feel like, yeah. like I would probably write, like I could write on my, like as its own thing, right. For people. Cause you know, like people want writers, right. Like some people just want to direct and they just want to be behind the camera and, you know, work with the actors and work with the cinematographer to like make a, so like I can write, but I don't think I could direct something somebody else wrote. I think that would be very hard for me. Yeah, it's something you gotta you gotta stretch out that leg. Um, it's, it's difficult to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, it's your interpretation of the script. So technically, it's your story to tell. Yeah. You have the story on paper and everything around it, and then you just have to imagine, okay, how's this? And then you go for it. So, I mean, it's it's difficult, but once you start practicing it, Mm -hmm. it gets a lot easier. You kind of like get into the, the rhythm of it. Yeah. Per se. Because for my directing class, I had to direct uh, two scenes from two different movies. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, I chose the beginning scene in Psycho. Okay. And the second one I did, or not the beginning scene in Psycho, the, the scene where Norman meets, uh, I think, Mary for the first time. Okay. That's like, that's like a fourth of the way through the movie, I think. Maybe a little less, actually. It's towards the beginning. Yeah, towards the beginning. Like, first act, almost to the second act. But, um, I directed that. Uh, got weird, got weird feedback from one guy. What did he say? He, he, he was telling me that he, he had thought that there should be more of a sexual tension between the characters uh. and I was like uh, and then somebody else spoke up and was like well you have to remember the fact that Norman is Norman Norman's not normal Norman has weird mommy issues Yeah. so he's not going to be very sexual towards women especially if as we find out later in the movie I mean yeah. I've seen Psycho. I've seen Psycho God knows how many times. And And you're like, oh, this is way different. <laughs> yeah, this is this is not I, I don't see where you would put sexual tension here, but <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking about at night. I don't know where you're on some other stuff, man. Yeah. So I have a question but, um, for you. Um yeah. what what type of like movies do you want to make? And even what type of movies like have you written so far, like for yourself? Um, so far, what I've written down mm-hmm. is a lot of horror-based genres. Because right now, I know that that's the cheapest and easiest thing to make. Hmm. And it's it's not a lot of money to do that because it's just like 
Well, come in, we get some regular clothes and and a regular house, for an example. Yeah. And everything. And it's just like, okay, you're in this house and this is a psychological horror. Like, this is just somebody just losing their mind. Because I love the psychological horror genre. It's, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, most of, for me, especially because before I wanted to do film, because Like You film was like a very last minute choice that I decided, like, let's roll with that instead. Because um, that, that was like my senior year when applications were being, I like late applied very late to all the universities. Like I think I applied in January. Oh geez. To everything. And it was just like, Oh, we'll see. Let's see what happens. And that, that's when I actually decided But for the whole first part of the year, the fall semester, wasn't even thinking about college. I was just like, maybe I'll just join the army and become a surgeon. Because I was thinking about that, and then before that, I was thinking about, oh, I wanted to become an abnormal psychologist. I wanted to work with, to rehabilitate the criminally insane. So, like, see if we can go into maximum security prisons with people that are genuinely um, mentally disturbed. Mm -hmm. And, like, try to rehabilitate them to not be as bad as yeah. they were before, prior. Right? Like that, was, that was a goal that I wanted to do, and I studied a lot on it. And uh, that, that's when I started seeing a lot of the psychological horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with them because the way they're shot is they're so surreal. And it, I, I, it's beautiful to see. What's your, what's your favorite? Um... Favorite psychological horror has to be Midsummer. Oh, wow. I Very recent pick, too. Yeah, I love it. I, oh God. It's just... Did you watch the... the way it's, did I watch the what? Did you watch the director's cut? I have not. I have not watched it yet. I want to, though. If you buy it on yeah. iTunes, it's on there. I, I definitely will do that soon. <laughs> because I just... God, I, I, I really love uh, A24's movie. Oh, no, actually, I... Midsummer is actually runner-up. I love The Lighthouse. Ah. I really love The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse is... So great. Oh, my God, I love it so much. I, just, I love every... It's so weird and so quirky, and it's just Pattinson and freaking Defoe. And they have such a great dynamic with each other in this movie and it's like 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 it's this weird like oh we're 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 workers together we work together that's all we do oh we're bros we party together oh we're we're kind of getting some weird little homosexual tension right now aren't we (laughs) ah psych left cross to your kidney yeah. It's like, it's just all this, and then it's just to absolutely hate each other. Yeah. And it's, love the dynamic of it, love how crazy it is, because, I mean, I mean, with quarantine, with a lot of people, people really dealt with isolation, with 
either another person if they were with other people or absolute isolation. With me, I had absolute isolation. I was in an apartment at Vanguard, at VC, alone. And I was just like, ah. So this is what it's going to be like for eight weeks, just me, myself, and I. Wow. Nice. Yeah, that was a trippy time. So I imagine that The Lighthouse is a good quarantine watch. I should probably, I should probably watch The Lighthouse um, again at some point, because I own it. I should probably watch it. Yeah, uh, Listen. Dude, I love it. I love it so much. That boy, my boy Robert Eggers from New Hampshire, not 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 far from um from where I live. Oh yeah yeah yeah, Robert li- Eggers. Oh, yeah. the witch. I wrote a paper on the witch. Oh uh, really? You know? Yeah. Uh, oh no, it, you knew. Um, it was in mythology and film. Remember? Oh shoot, really? So that was yeah, what your they, paper they was didn't on. Want me to, that was what my paper was on. Oh, yeah, I do remember to, that. I do remember that. Nobody wanted me to, re- to talk more about my paper. They were just like, all right, we're going to See, going and I was all interested. See, and I was all interested because I was like, yo, my man is talking about my movie. You know, A24 had this thing going on at, at one point called Public Access, and they would project their movies onto billboards that um, were in places where the movie took place. So, like, they did, like, Moonlight in Florida, and they did, like, Lady Bird in Sacramento, and you could just show up. It was free. Like, what? yeah, and they did The Witch in New Hampshire. Oh, dude, that's super cool. Yeah. Uh, dude, I love The Witch and everything. I, and I had so much to talk about about the hero arc and everything about, like, this right. little hero arc. The weird, like, unlikely hero arc that becomes, like, not a hero arc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, it, I mean, it was a hero art, but for the devil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everything, and, and that's when, like, I mean, that's the worst thing to talk about in, in a Christian university. Yeah, people people like, got touchy. Right. People got touchy. Yeah, dude. Harrison didn't want me to talk about it. Why? Because I, I, I talked to him after, and I was like, dude, this was so good. Like, I got to tell you about it. He's like, no, I don't mess with the devil stuff. Like, come on, though. It's good. It's so good. It's so it's so well made. See, and I'm a so so I'm of the opinion like it's just a movie. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my opinion with it too. Like you watch it for the art first, and if it's not artful and it's just like oh shock value, then it's just it's just bad. It's just a bad movie. Yeah, it's just bad. But it's like a like, movie and real life are like so inherently separated that it's like if your 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 fear is a superstition. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like, because I think the thing is, is you have to take yourself out of the mindset of being a Christian to watch this movie, because this is how... See, I don't even think that, though. The actual... I... Well, continue with your point, and then I'll, I'll, I'll rebut. Mm-hmm. But that's how it was in the actual Salem Witch Trials. Everybody was so paranoid of each other. Yeah. Everybody was blaming each other. Everybody was like... No, you're this. You're the witch. No, you're the witch. No, you're the witch, and everything. And nobody has actual any solid proof. And really, and really paranoid of women, and the power yeah, that and, that of uh, that they had in groups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was like a there was like a latent sexism. Well, not even latent sexism, just like overt sexism that was really tied into the Salem witch trials and everything that was going on back then. Mm-hmm. But and, uh, and it was just like. Uh huh. 
it, it was these it was these witch hunts, but not for an actual witch. It was just like like in the crucible. Yeah. Like this girl is sleeping with this guy. That's not right. Let's get them. They're both witches. Yeah. And the idea really was to like, hey, like we're going to like you need to not like divert from our values because you could cause other people to like change as well. And at the same time, we have to keep women in their place. It's very fascinating. I love that whole... I'm a, I'm a fan of uh, the history of New England. And um, I've listened to like various podcasts and stuff and done research on just what uh, things were like back then. And part of the jumping off point for that was, was that film. But my point about uh, being a Christian and watching that movie, and I don't, the reason I don't think you necessarily have to separate your cell, your faith from enjoying that film is because I think what that film does better than most other films is show exactly what a toxic relationship with your faith can look like and ultimately what that can uh, end up in. Yeah. Let me, let me actually rephrase what I said. Okay. You don't, not that you have to separate yourself from your faith, you have to separate the fears you have. Okay. Yeah. In your yeah. Faith. I see I, that. Everybody's as a Christian, you're supposed to be scared of the devil because that is the embodiment of everything that is evil. That is the embodiment of everything that is bad in this world. And it's something that can get inside you and corrupt you and absolutely break you. And honestly, I love the way Robert Eggers portrayed the devil in this. Look, that shot every, with the boot will it's chilling <laughs> when that boot steps on the ground you're like holy crap it's a real this time <laughs> oh yeah uh, for for me it was when she actually signed the her name in book oh yeah I that was he that first, was when that, he actually that was a moment black, when black philip like actually revealed himself to be the devil because yeah. like in every movie that i've seen where they're depicting the devil the devil is loud, he's angry, he's got this booming voice that strikes fear in your heart, but that's not what it was like in this. It was quiet. It was silent. And it was whispered. A thief in the night. It came to you. Not even a thief in the night, it was a mouse scurrying, <laughs> scurrying across the rafters. So good. And it came up to you and said, hey, what do you want to live a good life? Oh, yeah, that amazing, what is thou like to live deliciously? You're just like, holy crap. <laughs> and everything. And the way, I don't know which actor uh, did the voice acting for, for for the devil in it, but it was done it was, so well. It's so good. It's so good. And I, I love it. I, I love that movie as well. So, and I don't see that one as a psychological horror. I see that as more of a religious horror. Hmm, that's interesting. And that's why I'm really excited to see A24's new religious horror movie, Saint Maud. Saint Maud, I'm excited to see Saint Maud. That's going to be. I'm, I'm very. That one looks wild, and the thing is, that one, from what I can tell, looks a lot more Catholic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, very and, much. And being a, a Catholic myself. That's oh, what really? I'm really excited about. Yeah, I, I know you're Catholic. You were yeah, a Catholic. Yeah, I went to Catholic school for like the first from like K through eighth grade. 
I didn't see like a public school till high school. See, this explains but, why you're different than all the Pentecostals at Vanguard. Oh yeah. I have a you know so I bought a. Did you see Uncut Gems? Yes, I did. I loved it too. So when they so they did a limited run of T-shirts for the movie, and I was able, I was lucky enough to get one uh, from them, an, an uncut gems T-shirt from A24. And they, when they send you the package, they send you usually like a postcard with whatever you ordered, and I got a Saint Maud A24 postcard uh, oh. that I'll have I'll have to show it to you. Uh, it's pretty cool. I like it. It's got it's like an image of the movie and it just says A twenty and it has A twenty four like in the corner. But it's like a really nice just decorative piece. It's really awesome. But yeah, I'm really excited for that movie and I'm really excited also for um I'm I'm more excited, uh, in terms of A twenty four movies coming up for David Lowry's uh next film, uh The Green What's it called? The Green The Green Knight. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. So that was also supposed to have been out by now, uh, but coronavirus completely destroyed the chances of that movie coming out on time. But, uh, but the first A24 movie that's coming out into theaters will be uh, uh, St. Maud. Yeah, and I, I want to see that opening opening night. I really do. Yeah, that's um, going to be... I, I definitely want to try to see it at um, this place called The Dome, I believe. The Cinerama Dome? Yeah, 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 in L.A. Because 75 mil, man, it, it hits different, especially for really artsy movies. And, but I feel embarrassed because of how, like, everybody felt about this movie when it got um, the Oscar for best movie or best film or anything, just because of uh, The Shape of Water. Everybody was really weird about The Fish Guy. See, so I really liked The Shape of Water. I was I was one of the few I, really I was one of the few people who wasn't making fun of that movie because I actually was like, wow, cuz I'm not a Guillermo del Toro fan um per se. I I think I still need to see more of his films, but he's not a director that I particularly get inspired to go see in the theater. But um but The Shape of Water was getting crazy hype and I was like, let me go watch this movie and I really really loved it. Um but I was not a fan of its best picture win. <laughs> I was, I, I was with everybody else on that movie. Shouldn't have won best picture. I was, I was so. Oh, I think, I think it deserved it. I think it deserved it. And I, 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 and I was even like, and I didn't like Guillermo del Toro's win for best director. I was, there was, here's the thing. I think 2017 was a weird year for movies, but there were a lot of really amazing movies that were nominated at the Oscars that year. A couple of them snubbed. Um, but I don't know. I felt like that movie, though it was very good, when I look back at it now, I see things and I go, like even that I saw back then and I go, I feel like this movie is um, starting to get a little too self-important and it's like detracting from the quality of it at moments. Like, my, like that whole scene in the rain towards the end of the movie... I don't know. That was like I was, I just felt like that scene like wasn't done well. <laughs> like I felt like it just wasn't shot well and it just wasn't like made properly. And Michael Shannon's "You are a god." I was like, "Where the heck did I, I like I got it, but I was like that felt off. It didn't feel like that didn't feel like it belonged there <laughs> or that he should have said it in that respect." And I also feel like 
like that movie was the best cinematography nominee and i do think a lot of the shots in it were great but i wasn't like super thrilled uh about some of just like the right like it felt like it felt too simple at points and maybe that's just me like just not getting it like maybe i just didn't get the cinematography but i felt like it was a little too um I felt like they could have made things look more beautiful and like done a, a couple more interesting things with it than they did. Yeah. But that's just me. That's just that's just how I saw it. Yeah, yeah, no, and then it's a it's an out of pain. I can I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Everything and like to be fair, I, I only saw it once, and that was or no, no no I saw it twice. But the first time I saw it was the seventy five mil, mil, millimeter film. Hmm. 70 mil. Either way, I watched it at the... Cinerama Dome? The place in... Yeah, in, in LA. Yeah. So I... I got to see it twice because I saw it in theaters when it came out and then I watched it again in the context of all the other movies that were nominated for Best Picture because AMC does a thing called like the AMC Best Picture Showcase. And yeah. you sh- And you show up and you watch all the movies. So I was able to watch it then and then I watched it with all the other movies. And I think I had seen every single one of those movies that year uh, before then. So I was watching all of them for, like, whatever, the multiple time uh, that I had seen them. And what was nominated that year was, like, Phantom Thread, Dunkirk, Call Me By Your Name, Lady Bird, right? Old, I, felt like all, I felt like every single one of those movies I just listed was better than The Shame of Water. <laughs> See, what I think was is... Because I think they were all really good in their respective ways and Dunkirk it was amazing I loved it see Dunkirk see Christopher Nolan was my like they have to give him best director now like I was like how do they not give him best director after this movie I'm like he just went so above and beyond and then I was like Guillermo del Toro really really of all the people they could have (laughs) chose well like the thing the thing is is with Dunkirk it was specifically, the way I interpret it, it was specifically made for the filmmaker, for people who know film, for people who understand film. Because I took, I took my ex to go watch it because I was like, let's go watch it, this is amazing. And she fell asleep. What? I just think yeah, she, she I, did, I, think, I think you're using a, a bad uh, test audience. <laughs> well, no, because I also, like, watched it with a, a couple other people that weren't like film people and they're like I don't get it why aren't they talking see that's interesting because I've done I did the same thing and I had a completely different experience with with the people that I brought to it um wow hmm that's interesting yeah. but you know what I, but you know what that movie has the most mis uh uh misremembered runtime of like any movie <laughs> everybody i've ever talked to is like oh that movie's like three hours long and i'm like that movie is an hour and 45 minutes <laughs> that movie is an, i thought it was two hours long no dude it's short that was christopher oh, nolan's shortest God. movie it's literally like an hour 45 hour 42 or something like that Dog. it's mega short it's it's mega short, but the thing is, it's like the whole time, like the second that movie starts in that very first like portion, right? It doesn't stop. 
So it feels yeah. like you're on. So it feels like everything is like way stretched out because everything is so tense for like the entire time of that movie is going on. Oh yeah, and I it, think my favorite parts of that movie. Yeah. Were all the aircraft scenes. That, I love Tom inc- Hardy as an actor. Incredible. Um, I wa- I loved it. Oh my god, I. Locke, man. Have you ever seen Locke? I haven't seen Locke. I know it's on Netflix. It's a movie I'll watch at some point. Watch it today, dude. Today. I'll watch the it after I, I'll watch it after I finish The Dark Knight. Uh, come on, how many times have you seen The Dark Knight? I'm watching it with my girlfriend, so it's different. Okay, it's different. Never mind. <laughs> never mind, never mind. Forget mm-hmm. I've said anything. Once you watch it with your significant other, it's different. <laughs> It's not the same. It's not the same. But anyway, well, I mean, like the circumstance of me choosing to watch it is different. But I will watch. I will watch Locke at some point. I do want to see it. Yeah. Because I remember when it came out and everybody and it was like crazy big buzz and everybody was like Tom Hardy is amazing and everyone was like the whole movie's in a car and like I was like what? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. It's yeah. I, I don't want to tell you anything because you just you just gotta watch it, dude. I will watch. I will watch it. I promise you. We're thinking yeah. the same person that my my girlfriend, who I'm, who everybody knows because she's been on this podcast multiple times, talk about photography. Um, yeah. We're we're doing we're watching the whole Dark Knight trilogy right now. Um, so tomorrow, obviously, we'll be done because we'll watch the Dark Knight Rises, and then yeah. we are going to go on an A twenty four marathon. So. I want to do that. Yeah, so we're going to see what's available between Netflix and Amazon Prime and see what else we can do. And uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll make sure we, I'll, I'll try and make sure we get to lock then. Or I'll watch it on my yeah. own, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, lock is, lock is a, a really, really fun one, in my opinion. So I have a question then. What's your favorite A24 movie, since we're both A24 fans? I didn't realize that you were, but now that I know. Uh, I, ha- I haven't watched enough A24. Oh, to really, Rip. to really get that. That's why I want to do this marathon because the A twenty four movies that I've seen are Lock, Lady Bird, um, Lighthouse, Midsummer, Midsummer, uh, Uncut Gems. Uh, Have you seen Moonlight? Haven't seen what? Moonlight. Haven't seen Moonlight. Oh my gosh! Have you seen Good Time? I know. Uh, Boy, you ain't seen nothing. <laughs> Dude, I'm honestly one of the worst film majors. Yeah, I know. I know, Ronnie. <laughs> I know. I haven't seen anything. I know, because I tried, I gave you, like, one of the highest compliments I could have ever given you on your group story, and you, like, couldn't even fathom what I had told you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of hate it, but I also like it, too. I should have compared Metro. it to Metro. Then you would have understood me, probably. Metro? Met, you don't know Me- Metro 2033, Metro Last Light, Metro Exodus? I've never played the games, but I know it's Russian and, and stuff. It's literally like the whole thing that you made up, minus like radioactive monsters. So Wait, wait. The whole thing I made up, like the nocturnal, or no, the 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 movie, the story that you guys made in the in the in the in and whatever, whatever in film. Oh, the isekai, the isekai. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's chocolate, like chocolate bubbles. It's like that whole thing. 
but like but radioactive monsters with radioactive monsters from nuclear fallout yeah yeah I wanted to play it it looks terrifying though so I'm scared you're scared you don't you don't play the scary games dude I am absolutely terrible with horror I only just got I, it's only been recently that I've been getting into horror and I've only been like dipping my feet into like psychological horror because I think I can handle that <laughs> I watched it and I was terrified the entire time. Ah. They were laughing at me so much. That's hilarious. Because I was like, I, I scream so much. I'm a screamer. I scream you're a screamer? A you know what? I, I see that. I can see that. I can see that, Ronnie. You're a very animated person. But, like, I get really scared, dude. Because, I mean, one of the things about growing up as a. Uh, uh, as a Catholic? Uh, Mexican, Mexican Catholic is you get a lot of, like. A lot of scary stories. Hey, Celeste, be quiet. Yeah, the curse of la 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 But yeah, so like, I, I just hear a lot of stories about like scary things that happen and everything, and it just terrifies me. Hey, Celeste. Especially the stuff with like... Wait, hold on a second, Ronnie. Celeste. My freaking dog. I can't even believe this. Go, go back to bed. That's staying in the podcast. Everybody know how horrible a dog you are. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> but um, I'm absolutely terrible with horror movies, despite wanting to write so much horror movies. Despite wanting to and having written a lot of horror movies. Hey, man, isn't that like the thing, though? Like you write about what scares you? Like that's why those horror movies are, you know, the thing? Because they're scary to those people. Yeah, so I mean, that's why I'm like, eh, I'll just take stuff from my nightmares and put it into a movie and then bing bang boom hey guys this is how I cope with trauma yes absolutely terrifying as a catholic that must be even more interesting because all your horror movies must be about protestant reformation Ronnie has nightmares that someone's going to come to his house collecting indulgences for his aunt that just died When we when we learned about it in Catholic school, I was like, "Damn, Martin Luther had had I had a good idea." The Catholic Church was just not vibing with him. They were mad corrupt back then. Oh, I mean, you could even say today, but I won't. We won't get into that discussion. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky now. Like, yeah. there are parts that are good. There are parts that are bad. I mean, so, with uh, each individual individual church, it's a case by case basis. Uh, yeah, it's a re- it's it's really difficult because of how case by case basis is. I feel and, like I feel like more as as an establishment, like the establishment yeah. itself has yeah, a lot. Back of, then, the the entire establishment was corrupt. Like yeah. pope, like back then, popes were not good whatsoever. Like we kind of hit it really good to get Francis in there and everything to have him just kind of vibe in and be like, "Hey, yo, Argentina, right? He's Argentina." Yeah, I You're think. Not. It, <laughs> Pope Francis I'm asking my sister right now Tatiana Pope Francis is Argentinian right? You think so? You yeah. think so? <laughs> listen, listen. Did you Catholic doesn't mean we know everything about the Pope Did you did you watch that movie The Two Popes on Netflix? Yes I did and I actually really liked it. I liked oh, it too. When it was a best writing nominee, and then when both the actors were nominated for best actor, I was like, "Come on, man!" I was like, "I was like, okay, you lost me there." I thought it was good, but it wasn't that good. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I, prefer, I really liked it because, like, it's honestly, I think it's really brave to portray a pope as a modern day one because, like, the church is really trying to like fix their image and like be like, listen, we're making the changes we need to make. We're doing what we need to do. Like, we know what you you guys what you guys are saying is valid. And we want to change for the better. We have to, we, for the sake of the children, please reform. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen a... I have a question. Since we're talking about Catholic thingies. Have you watched uh, the HBO miniseries, The Young Pope? The Young Pope? I have not. Have you watched... Oh. Okay, well, you have to... Okay, well, here's your homework, Ronnie. Here's, if I leave you with anything, it is this. You need to watch the HBO miniseries, The New Pope, I mean, The Young Pope and The New Pope. The Young Pope and The New Pope. Very, right. very, very awesome. Uh, it's got Jude Law, and the first, the, the both of them have Jude Law. The second, which is The New Pope, right? Because it's like a miniseries and then a sequel miniseries. The sequel miniseries, The New Pope, has John Malkovich. Oh, already awesome. Yeah. So, but yeah, watch those. Those are really good. I think you would vibe with it. Probably. I mean, the the thing about me and Catholicism is like, I mean, I, I've I've met certain Catholics that don't want to admit the bad things yeah. that happen. They kind of just want to like sweep it under the rug. Yeah. And I'm like, nah, dog. We gotta like, gotta we gotta like put that out in the air. Like, that's not right. We look bad. <laughs> We look bad. <laughs> freaking uh, literally John Calvin, freaking Martin Luther, every like sep- every person that is separated from the Catholic Church because of what the bad stuff we've done is up in heaven right now just dancing a little jig like keep on going man. You're making yourself look bad. You're like, we were right. <laughs> we were right. We're still right. Yeah, exactly. Like, hmm, that's interesting. I don't, I don't mean to say anything controversial on It's a, on Believe podcast. me, believe me. Don't even worry about it. We've said so many worse things. Okay. Th- this this podcast I, has a history of saying terrible things. <laughs> okay, good. Because I'm 100% sure there are at least, at least, in the 2,000 years the Catholic Church has been around... 2,000? 1,500, my dude. 1,500, 1,500. <laughs> the 2,000 years? I was like, bro, the Catholic Church was around before Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? St. Peter and all that. Um, <laughs> so, pretty much when St. Peter was the first pope, that's when we started off. That's when we, we teach ourselves that we first started off. Yeah. Everything. I'm pretty sure there's at least maybe a couple hundred popes in hell. Remember that time there was three popes all at the same time? <laughs> no, I don't even remind me of that. It's just embarrassing. My history teacher was a reverend. I think his, I don't remember what his church is. I think it's like Episcopal maybe. Uh, something like that. I don't know. And, huh? No, he's not Presbyterian. It's something I don't, I don't remember what it is. One of those. Episcopalian. Uh, no, not that either. I don't know. I don't remember. I I won't know. I don't know. But um, 
but he's but he was a he was my history teacher and i remember when the whole pope francis thing was happening like he was glued to his laptop like throughout the day just watching like the the smoke just to see <laughs> when they would have chosen somebody um yeah but yeah but i remember he he would tell us all we he would tell us all about all that stuff with uh with especially with the 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 Vatican and how tumultuous the history of the papacy is. Yeah, the papacy kind of yeah, papacy is the papacy. I, I mean, there, there was there, three there popes. popes. One pope sold sold the po- the papacy to another person. <laughs> yeah, popes resign. Yeah. It's crazy. So, so here's a question I ask everybody who comes on this show. I've only missed this once, but I ask everybody this question. Because I like to know what type of movies people like and watch. What was your favorite movie of last year? 2019. 2019? Favorite 2019 movie. Oh, man. You, you, you might, this might come out of left field for you, man. My favorite movie from 2019 that I watched was Legend of the Drunken Master. It's Jackie Chan, man. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, it had to have come out in 2019. <laughs> oh, oh, God. I was I like, a lot of movies. I was like, my dude. I was like, I was like, yo, this he didn't understand my question. <laughs> I did not. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But this is like the yeah, most. Kung Fu movies, dude. Kung Fu movies are amazing. Watch them. I have to put myself like back into the mindset I had when I was like nine years old and I watched kung fu movies. Nah, you gotta watch them now as an art, man. It's an art. I think the Enter the Dragon has the highest chance of me rewatching it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean Bruce Lee, man. You can't go wrong with Bruce Lee. Uh, you gotta gotta get into the filmography of kung fu movies. The uh, favorite movie of twenty awesome. of twenty nineteen, though. Okay. Favorite movie of 2019? Uh, it, it probably has to be The Lighthouse. Nice. Makes sense. I, I loved it so much. It was it was something because uh, me and my roommate at the time, we were, he, he was an English major, but he was really into like analysis and everything, like literary analysis and yeah. applying it to films. Yeah. And everything. So me and him, the entire drive home, we were just like, we were just going off about it, like talking about all the like, symbolism and stuff like that all the just everything about it and his two other friends were just or our two other friends were just like I didn't get it like what's going on I take it uh, since you love that movie that you're excited for Robert Eggers next film The Viking Revenge Tale The Northman or The Northman one of those two I did not know he was coming again yes yes he's making a Viking movie He's going to the 1100s, man. Oh, man. That's going to be wild. He's going back. I love um, how just immersed in history his films are and just, like, the attention to detail he has. Like, you can tell when you watch the movie, like, like it almost doesn't even feel like it's a movie. It feels like it. you're just, like, like someone just brought a camera back to that time period. Yeah, and, and like, I was, when I researched The Witch, I, I read a lot, and... Robert Eggers did a lot of research on a lot of the folklore of um, New England and how a lot of folklore on uh, pertaining witches and how people felt about it, how 
people were dealing with it, and it, he, he does his homework. Yeah, yeah, very, for sure. Very, very if you ever get a chance, you know what, Ronnie? Man, it kind of stinks that you're not going to be at Vanguard next year because I would totally have tons of movie marathons with you. And I would. She act like I'm not going to be nearby, dog. You're not going to be nearby? Yeah, I said you act like you, I'm not going to be nearby. I'm going to live in Fullerton. Oh, is that close? I don't know nothing about California, bro. I'm from Massachusetts. Oh, shoot, I forget. You're, you're, from, you're from Mass. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's why, that's why when I said 12, I said 12 your time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I just read it. I was like, hey, 12. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, but why do you do that? I'm sorry, my dog. She what does do you the thing do? where she'll pick up food and put it on the carpet and then eat it. <laughs> and it's, I had it's a cat. Funny. My cat before he uh, before before he got put down, he used to put his hand in the water bowl, and he would have to make the water move before he drank. <laughs> like he could only drink running water, so it came got to a point where we would leave the sink on, and like we would let the sink drip and uh, like drip like kind of fast drip, and that's and we would just let him drink from there. <laughs> because it was it was it was a he would just get water all over the floor, he would playing with the water. And you would walk by and you would step in a wet puddle and you'd be like, why is the floor wet? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, my goodness. But, but yeah, dude, like, um, it, it's not too far from Costa Mesa. Oh, so you should definitely drop by because um, I own, like, a lot of movies. Like, I'm a really big movie buyer. Uh, since, the quarantine, oh, yeah. since the quarantine started, I've bought 20, almost 30 movies. Good Lord. Since I've been... I've si- been since I came home, I bought like 30 movies. Oh, man. See, I've been doing something differently. And every time I tell Harrison this, he kind of, he looks disappointed in me. <laughs> I don't know if he actually is. But I haven't watched any movies. I've just been watching so much anime. <laughs> anime shows, anime movies, foreign movies. Like, I'm really into that stuff. Hey, man, like, you got you got to watch what you like. Yeah, so like, but yeah, I know. God, I love this stuff. Now I feel you, man. Everything about it. There, I, I'm, yeah, but yeah, man. So you should drop by because I will be more than willing to be like, hey, you want to watch the director's commentary of the lighthouse with me? Oh hell yeah! I'll be like, you want to come watch the director's cut of Midsommar? Like, cause I, cause I buy all that stuff. Um, oh. And I love watching movies with people who like actually will appreciate what i'm watching um because i watch all the weird different movies like (laughs) i'm like the weirder a movie looks like the less mainstream movie looks and if it's got a name behind it that i really really like think is going to be awesome like i'm all in all the time no matter what so so yeah so like drop by we can have a robert eggers director's commentary double feature and you can listen to him spill all the secrets about both the lighthouse and the witch oh hell yeah (laughs) um speaking of uh odd movies um on hulu there is a movie called please don't say the bad oh okay i thought you were gonna say the good the bad and the weird but i thought you were gonna say killer joe i was like please god don't let him say killer joe the movie's awful. Oh, no, I, I, I don't know what Killer Joe is. But oh, the, the good. good. The bad and the weird. Yeah. Awesome yeah. movie, I loved it. It's super, what? super funny, but also, like, really good. It looked interesting, and I remember hearing about it back, like, way back when, when it came out. 
Yeah, dude, like, honestly, like... It's like Japanese, right? Or is it Korean? It's Korean. Okay. Yeah, it's a Korean, uh... It's a Korean movie, but it's like... It's super cool because you see where... You get... You see the inspirations from... Like, just American spaghetti westerns. Well, they're Italian. If it's spaghetti western, it's Italian. Or... You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, like, too big of a nerd to, like, let things like that slide sometimes. No, no, I know. But, like, American-made, uh, or Italian-made, American-distributed Western. Yeah. <laughs> Have you, oh, did you ever see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, bro? Yes. Oh, okay. I just bought that today, and I was watching little bits and pieces of it, and I'm like... And then because of it, and I was remembering, do you remember that whole, like, uh, the big Western sequence, like, in the middle of the movie for the television show? I was, I almost, I'm, like, very tempted to watch The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly now, like, and... Oh, great, great movie. I haven't seen it in years, and I, and I only, like, barely remember what was going on. Um, I need, I need to rewatch that movie, because I'm, like... Sergio Leone is... I need to watch that, and I need to watch uh, Once Upon a Time in America. Those are, like, the two Sergio Leone movies that, like... Well, I need to watch them all, but you know what I mean. So yeah. You ever, like, you watch a movie, but you, like... You clearly weren't watching as diligently as you should because you don't remember what the heck happened? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Movies. Yeah. The only Sergio Leone movie that, like, I watched that I, like that I like the movie that got me into Sergio Leone as a director and made me go oh I, I should probably watch more of his movies was Once Upon a Time in the West that movie blew my mind but and everybody the, the big debate is whether that movie or Good the Bad and the Ugly are his best movies like which one is better than the other because they're both like really big epic westerns but they're very different movies well Ronaldo it has been very nice talking to you on this podcast. It very, very nice talking to you, sir, Mr. It's, Eduardo. Mr. Eduardo. It's been really, it's been nice to reconnect uh, because I, I very much miss our times at Vanguard talking uh, and running around film sets and just being hilarious uh, and making fun of each other. It's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget. Evan, what do you do? And then you hear them yell action. Quiet on set. Never mind, be quiet. <laughs> no, I think I said something more crass. You were like, never mind, shut up. Yeah, that was, that was so funny. I, I remember, and then you, I totally ruined like three takes because I was laughing so hard. Yeah, you were laughing a lot. You Harrison, just... Harrison talked to me about that too. He was like, hey, um, act like a producer, please. And I was like, ah, damn. It's yeah. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah, man, it's just you're just you're just too funny sometimes. Like I couldn't handle it. Like that was too much funny in that moment for me to like not burst out laughing. I was also really tired. Tired. I think before shooting that day, I hadn't slept. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I, I, I didn't sleep last night either, so I'm kind of like wired up right now. Yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you, man. But anyway, but thank you for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. I love having people on just talk about things have conversations think we had a great conversation um i really hope that i get to see more of you in the future uh and definitely definitely show up to vanguard i'll be in uh huntington 
and like stop on by and like watch movies with me because I totally need somebody to because like of my friend group they all like movies but like I need somebody who like you know I need I need I need somebody who's like willing to be like yeah let's watch like the real stuff (laughs) yeah like a really like the slow burn stuff where it's not like constant action-packed drama. Yeah, like, I need somebody who's willing to sit there and understand, like, okay, we're just gonna be in silence maybe for a while. <laughs> yeah. And doesn't okay. and doesn't need to just have a movie that, like, they need to talk through the whole time. Yeah. Like, like Dunkirk, with a lot of the people I showed. Bro, when I saw that movie, so I sat next to, like, two old ladies, and there was a lot of old people when I went to go see Dunkirk, because they all probably remembered freaking World War Two, And, um... They <laughs> and bro, the sound design. I saw it in IMAX, like a real IMAX theater with like the screen that's like a box oh where, where where when the aspect ratio where the screen's like two stories tall and the aspect ratio change to the IMAX scenes will take up the entire screen. Um, because most of that movie's in IMAX. If you look at it, it's like seventy yeah. percent in IMAX. So most of it was watching it like super tall frame, and um. And it's and it's like 12, 12 to one speakers uh, in real IMAX theaters, and it felt like when the planes were going, it felt like dragons in the sky. I was like, I'm yeah, like, I'm there. Love that part. Or I love or like I the actually, explosions. It felt like the people next to me like blew up. I was like, they're all dead. I'm the only one alive. I'm probably in heaven right now. <laughs> <laughs> every little bit of it was it was anxiety inducing I remember the entire time bro honestly in the ticking clock I don't know if you ever saw Interstellar, but one of the most iconic scene. Oh, you have, yeah. That iconic scene on Miller's planet with the waves. That ticking clock oh. is, like, so good. And I like how they were, like, the sound design of the ticking clock, like, is integral to the story because every tick of that clock during that scene is, like, a day and a half. Yeah. So it's, like, so you're just listening. You're literally listening to time go by. You're listening to all the time that's being wasted from them being there. Which is just awesome. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah. But thank. You. Before we get, we're going to a whole forty-five other minutes of conversation. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah. But thank you for being on. Uh, I would love to have you on again at some point, maybe to talk about I don't know something else. Maybe I'll have you and Mary on to talk about the baby film when it's wrapped. Uh, oh yeah, definitely. Maybe we can have all three of you on. You, Mary, and Cole Swanson. What's his name? Ron Swanson. Cole Swanson. Yeah. Cole Swanson. Yeah. Cole Swanson. <laughs> Maybe I'll have all three of you on, and you guys, we can have a whole big discussion with you guys to talk about the movie and promote it and maybe get it to more ears. Um, but yeah, thank you, man. And uh, thank, thank you, you thank you, listeners for tru- of Truth, Justice, and the Podcast for listening to another amazing interview like we have uh, almost every week. Uh, you know, subscribe. Ronnie, where can they find you? Before we uh, go. You can what- find me Ronnie Xavier Gomez on Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, I believe. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. And we will see you guys next time. Adios. Adios.